Greetings, Team Ajulam. Karibuni sana tena to our fourth episode of a series that we started called Faith Lifestyle. Right? This is a series that is there to help us activate and grow our faith, to live a life that is pleasing to God, which is a life of faith. Right? Remember how it says in Hebrews that it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So this is about living a life that pleases God. And the goal of this series is for us to cultivate a lifestyle of faith. Amen, amen. And in today's episode, what we will be doing is that I want us to look at two stories in the Old Testament that will teach us about faith. Um, the first story that we're going to read is from uh, Numbers 13 from verse 26 to 33. Um, and some context before we read this, um, what has, what's happening in this, in this portion of scripture is that the Israelites have been freed from, um, from Egypt um, and have now reached Canaan, which is the promised land, right? And the first mission that God sets them up on is to go and spy out the land, right? To go and spy out the land. And he tells Moses, send some 12 people. So he's, he's basically send a representative from every tribe of Israel to go and spy out the land. One leader from each tribe to go and spy out the land. And so the verses that we are about to read are in regards to the spies coming back from spying the land and giving a report to the people based on what it is that they have seen. So allow me to read from Numbers 13 from verse 26 to 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which, to which you sent us and it does and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Enoch come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, the next portion of scripture that I want us to read is the very popular story of David and Goliath. Now, because this is a very long portion of scripture, I want you at this point in time to pause this video and go read 1 Samuel 17 and then come back and watch. So, pause the video now and go read 1 Samuel and verse uh, chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Pause the video now. Go read 1 Samuel chapter 17. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So in these two stories, we see two very stark differences in perspective towards giants, right? In one scenario, the spies that were sent to spy out the promised land see giants and are immediately filled with fear. Well, on the other hand, he is this young teenage boy, David, who sees a giant and is filled with faith, right? Now, the children of Israel in the book of Numbers, like if you go and you read Numbers, Exodus, and you read how 
you know, they had just come out of slavery and it was clear from their actions that though they were free physically, they were still mentally enslaved. You know, in spite of seeing God do mighty, mighty wonders amongst them, they were still always so fearful and doubtful. They stayed complaining and grumbling at every turn. And in spite of what they had seen the Lord doing, they were always in a state of complaining and grumbling. There are times where, like even if you go to the, the, the what we just read in Numbers, if you go to the previous chapter, um, actually two chapters behind, um, where you see them reminiscing about the good old days in Egypt, you know, they, they, where they, 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 they forgot that they were even slaves and had cried out to the Lord for help because of how they were being treated so harshly. But so these guys are here reminiscing about the good old days while they're in the wilderness, not realizing that those good old days were terrible days, right? And the thing for them is that rather than just simply asking God for help, they would instead, instead grumble and complain, grumble and complain. They never saw beyond what they could see with their eyes. And the thing is that they did not understand. They just did not understand what it meant to have God with them. They did not get that the living God was with them. You know, they literally had, it says in the word, a pillar of cloud to lead them by day and a pillar of fire by night. Literally, his manifest presence was with them and they didn't get what that meant for them. So the creator of all things, who was above all things, who is above all things, was with them. And they just did not understand what that meant. But not only that, they did not understand the great privilege it was to be chosen by him, to be in a covenant relationship with him. That because of the covenant relationship that he had with them, it therefore changed everything about who they were. They were God's chosen people. God's chosen people. And the thing is, is that, you know, the game changer in any situation at any given time is for God to be with you. That is the game changer. And they did not get this. They did not get this whole aspect of God is with us and what that meant. Well, on the flip side, we have this teenager named David, where in his situation, right, he's this teenager headed to go ferry some food to his brothers who were trained soldiers in Israel's army. He is a, a, a shepherd boy, right, a shepherd boy, unlike the trained soldiers that were there in that day in Israel, right? He's not from any royalty or any kind of noble background. This is a guy, he's a shepherd boy, he's, um, he's a teenager, and in fact, in that story, when David offers to go fight Goliath, Saul literally says to him in verse 33, Saul, it says here, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. Basically, Saul was telling David, my guy, there's levels to this, bro. <laughs> and, and my guy, who, who, where are you from? You don't, even, you don't even have any armor. You're just here, yeah, a shepherd boy, right? But this teenager, David, grossly inexperienced in battle, wanted to go fight a man that was not only a giant, but also a man who had been a warrior from his youth. You know, even Goliath himself, when he saw David, he despised him. He's like, who is this guy? This in verse 41, it reads, Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. 
he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. So he, this guy, this giant, Goliath, looks at David and scoffs at him. Right? And that's the thing that's so interesting is that these are two different stories. Same God, different reaction to the giants that are in front of them. But here is the thing that I, I, I want us to be able to, to point at for today as what we can learn about faith and the key difference between these two stories. In Numbers 13 and verse 33, it says, We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we looked the same to them. This is what it says in the Amplified Version, which better captures this, where it says, There we saw the Nephilim, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. And herein we see the source of their fear. It originated first from how they saw themselves, and then they projected it to how they presumed their enemies saw them. And so today, as I've been asking in every series, uh, sorry, every episode that we've done on this series. Today, my question to you is, how is it that you see yourself? How is it that you see yourself? How many opportunities have passed you by because you didn't think you deserved it? You know, based on your experience and your qualifications, you thought to yourself, I would never get that because I don't have X, Y, and Z. And so, you, don't, you decide not to apply. One closer home to, uh, I'm sure m many guys can relate to this, is where you'll see this babe. <laughs> and just by looking at her, you're like, ah, she's out of my league. A girl like her could never like a guy like me. So the way you see yourself, you're like, ah, me, I can't, I can't get a babe like that. And so you decide not to even go talk to her. You know, I have a, I have a friend who, um, who wants to become a doctor. And I asked her why she hasn't pursued that as her career. And, you know, she tells me, you know, she just doesn't think she's eligible. So I asked her, okay, but have you, have you applied to find out? And she says no. And so, just like the Israelite spies, she was a grasshopper in her own sight. And so assumed the same for how she would be seen. So how she believes, she's not qualified. And so assumes that this is the same way in which those she's applying to will see her. So she's rejected the idea of being a doctor simply because, and she hasn't even tried, because of how she sees herself. And so the issue here was how these spies saw themselves in the situation that they were in. Now what they saw was very real. It wasn't an illusion. These, they were actually giants. These, these are giants. It's not like they were, they were creating stories. These guys in the land were giants. But the fear did not just emanate from what they saw. It emanated from how they saw themselves in relation to what they saw. Why do I say this? Because Caleb, who was with these spies, who saw the same things that the others did, his response was different. In verse 30, he says, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And herein lies the key difference between David, Caleb, Joshua, 
and the other Israeli spies. In the case of David, Caleb and Joshua, because God was with them, they truly believed that they could do it. Because God was with them. In fact, in the next chapter in Numbers 14 from verse 6 to 9, it says, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them, but the Lord is with us. In the case of David and Goliath, he looks at Goliath and he says in 1 Samuel 17 verse 26, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. And in verse 36, he says again, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So the thing is, is that why does David keep referring to Goliath as an... Uh, what is this about his, uh, his circumcision? This uncircumcised Philistine and why he keeps referring to this? You see, the thing about circumcision is that it was the physical sign of God's eternal covenant with the people of Israel. Circumcision marked them as God's chosen people, which means that God was with them. And so what David was saying here is that this giant has no covenant with God. Basically, God isn't with him, but I am circumcised. God is with me. And if God is with me, this guy is done for. Notice the similarity to Caleb and Joshua where they say the reason why we can do this is because God is with us. Now the thing that Joshua, Caleb, and David had wasn't self-confidence, but instead what they had is what I'm calling Godfidence. Their confidence was in the Almighty God who was with them. For whom it says in Isaiah 40 and verse 22 that he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and all its people are like grasshoppers. Giants or no giants, to God all of us are like grasshoppers. And so for David, for Caleb and Joshua, if that God is with us, there is no obstacle we cannot overcome. My friends, for many of us, the challenge of our faith is how we see ourselves. You have not fully understood whom you belong to and what that means for what you are able to do. You who has put your faith in Jesus Christ, how do you see yourself in light of that? How has being adopted into God's family changed how you see yourself? How has it changed how you see yourself? You know, last year in the height of the pandemic, God shared with me a vision for what would be next for our business. You know, a, a grand vision that I, I, I'm not at liberty to share at this time. But it's a vision that will help many, many people. You know, and the thing is, is that about this vision that he, that he, that he, 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 he gave is it, there's a number of global players with deep, deep pockets within this uh, space. And I remember at some point, one of those players beginning operation in Kenya, 
right? Something that I'm personally a fan of, but as a user, but it's an incredibly exploitive um, uh, uh, platform. And here is the reality, right? That as we are here on our knees as a business, where we can barely make ends meet because of the pandemic, but then again, here is this vision that God has given. And I recall at the time thinking of the story of David and Goliath and saying to myself, legoing to myself, we can do this. Not only can we do this, we will do this. God is with us. Now, there's only a few people with whom I really could share this vision with because there are too many people who would think that it would be incredibly crazy for us to even attempt to do such a thing. But the thing that is so amazing is that a year and some months later, this vision is unfolding in ways that I could not even have imagined. Just the other day, someone who heard what it is that we were, we were, we were, we were working on came to give me you know, the same speech that Saul gave David, where you know, to, give, to give us the reasons why we wouldn't be able to do it. But my friends, I have too much confidence to stop. <laughs> because God is with us. We will do it. In 2016, when Reverend Goey asked me to get back on the pulpit, I felt as though I had no business being on a pulpit, but because God was with me, I did it anyway. Godfidence. You know, recently I shared with you guys the vision that we have for Adulam, that God has given us for this ministry. And when God spoke to me about that time, when he told me in 2019 to start a church, my first thought was, you know, me start a church. But the next thought was, if you are the one calling me, it means you will help me to do this thing. It means you're with me. Let's go. Since you're the one calling me, I will do it. And we will do it. In my business, it's been the same script for all these years. The great exploits that we've been able to achieve have simply been from believing that we can do it because God is with us. The thing is, is that there are so many people who come and be like, man, you're so confident. This isn't confidence. This is Godfidence. God is with me. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> My friends, I want to ask you again. You who has put your faith in Jesus Christ, how do you see yourself in light of that? How has being adopted into God's family changed how you see yourself? How has you being chosen by God for whom all things are possible changed your perspective on what is possible? The thing to realize is that Godfidence is not a life devoid of struggles and disappointments. If you look at David, for example, not long after his great exploit of killing Goliath and being a really great commander, he spends many years running for his life. But because God was with him at every step of the way, though the enemy tried to kill him, they could not because God was with him. My friends, I need you to understand this. That if you want to be able to live a miraculous life, the one that we read about here in the Bible, it will require Godfidence. It will require you to spend time reflecting on what it means to have God with you. And through that reflection, taking the next step to changing how you see yourself. And by extension, this will change how you see the giants around you. God is calling us. 
who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to take our faith to new levels, to graduate from saving faith to mountain-moving faith. In 1 Peter 2.9 it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. My friends, it is time for our light to shine. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It's time to shine and move forward with Godfidence. And the reason why we move forward with Godfidence is because God is with us. And so I ask you again, you who has put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, now that you know that God is with us, how does it change how you see yourself? How does it change for what you imagine is possible? My friends, God is calling us to a new level of faith. And it will require Godfidence for us to be able to say, that because you are with us, because you are with me, I can do it. Caleb and Joshua, when they spoke, they said, Caleb specifically, he said, let us go take up the land at once, for we can surely do it. And the reason why he said this is because he is like, God is with us. God is with you. How will that change how you see yourself? And how will it change what you believe is possible? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that courage would be built up in those who hear this word. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the people who are hearing will remember this word, Godfidence. That in every situation, that in whatever is before them, that they will remember that because you are with us, all things are possible. Because you are with us, we can do it. Because you are with us, it is possible. It is possible. And so, Father, we thank you because our confidence is in you. We know that us and you is an unfathomable team. And we cannot be defeated because you are with us. And so, Holy Father, May Godfidence rise up in every person hearing. And may we do great exploits in your name. For indeed, our light has come. May we move forward in boldness, trusting and believing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is with us till the end of the age. We thank you, we honor you, we magnify your name. For it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, 
support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button. Subscribe. Subscribe. God bless you guys. Thank you.